This podcast was first broadcast on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. Go to radioverulam.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts and if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, coming up later, activism and optimism. It's going to be an event run by young people for young people. I'm looking forward to hearing about it from young activist Nina Vinther. But first, last week we heard from the lovely volunteers at the Marshallswick Community Garden. If you missed it, then head to the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. And I mentioned in that show that Grow Community Sopwell were also starting a community garden. Well, it turns out that they are at a crucial stage with the launch of their garden coming up this weekend. I spoke to Kate Swindells of Grow Community Sopwell to find out all about it. Kate, thank you so much for joining me. So the last time we spoke seemed like an age ago. It was a year ago. We were in the heart of first lockdown and you were busy giving out seeds to local people so that they could grow their own veg at home. How did it all go? Hi, Amanda. Yeah, it was great, actually. Um, It was a very busy time, but, you know, it was just really heartening to see people come and have a chat, socially distance, and pick up the seeds, and lots of interaction on our Facebook group. And it's just really grown over the last year. Lots more volunteers getting involved and uh, and learning al- along the way, sharing the success stories and and their problems. Um, yeah, it's been really very very satisfying to see how much we've done in the year. Indeed, it's you know it seems to me that your grow community title actually is really quite good because it seems that actually whilst you've been doing lots of growing, you really have grown your community as well, haven't you? Yeah, I mean that's one of the the, the main points of this project actually is just to connect community, you know, cross culturally, intergenerationally, everything. Just know your neighbours a bit better and um, and just come together. Brilliant. Well, it seems like you've done all of those. But you're now branching out into an actual community garden. Tell us what you've got planned. So, yes, we've already got some concrete planters outside the Abbott's Avenue shops uh, that we took over in lockdown, uh, which we've got herbs and herbal teas and a bit of a sort of ornamental bed with wildflowers in. But now we've finally got to the stage where our community garden has come to fruition. It's been a long process trying to get that organised, especially through lockdown. But yes, so um, it's a strip of land um, near the railway crossing in the heart of Sopwell uh, that it's council owned. Um, And we're very nearly at the stage of of just setting it all up. We've started digging a few borders and levelling where the raised beds are going to be. Right. Okay. so this is going to be a sort of raised beds vegetable garden. Um, it's going to have a bit of everything. We sort of modelled it on the Food Smiles Community Gardens uh, at Russell Avenue behind the car park in the city centre. So there'll be four raised beds with vegetables in. Then we'll also have some beds with fruit bushes. We'll have compost bin and a water butt and then an air, a sort of a social area a bit later on uh, with a bench and some sort of nice sensory plants and herbs and things. And then one section is just all going to be left for wildlife with some sort of paths cut through the the grass area. Okay. So there's obviously been a lot of effort and planning that's gone into getting to this stage, but you've got your launch weekend coming up. Tell us what's going to be happening and how we can join in. Yes, so we're so excited about this, Amanda. Um, 
Uh, at the weekend, Saturday the 15th and Sunday the 16th, we're going to have um, a few sessions. On the, on the Saturday, some of the core volunteers are going to come in and, and construct the raised beds. We've done a lot of levelling and things up until now uh, and fill those. And then on the Sunday, we're hoping the, the community will come out in force and help install and plant the new um, raised beds. We're going to have lots of seedlings, plug plants and some seeds that everyone can have a go at. We're going to have it all socially distanced and you can book your slot um, if you want to in advance to ensure you, you don't have to queue for very long. We'll have refreshments and it. it's going to be so nice to get everyone out um, and finally get this going. That sounds lovely. So to book our slot, how do we do that? If you look on the website, um, we've got links there to how you can book your slot. We're doing it all through Eventbrite, the booking, but you can turn up on the day, but you might have to queue for a while. We'll see. Okay. And people are bound to ask, do we have to know about gardening? No, we, we're we here to support everyone from the novices right through to hardened experts and everything in between. So we've got and we have working, we're going to have working parties every month at the community garden where you can come and just learn general things. There's going to be watering and planting and weeding and pruning, but there's also right through to we've got experts that can graft fruit trees. We're going to hopefully have workshops and things like that, different theme every month. Okay, so come at the weekend to find out a little bit more and then there'll be lots of opportunities in the coming months um, to, as you say, to do lots of practical jobs, learn lots of new things and meet lots of lovely people as well. Kate, it sounds fantastic. I hope the weather's good for you. Thank you ever so much. And Kate would like to thank the Royal Horticultural Society for their grant from their Greening Great Britain Fund, which has paid for the new community garden and for the time of their community outreach officer who has worked with the Sopwell residents to help them shape ideas and get things off the ground. And to book your place at the Grow Community Sopwell Community Garden Launch Weekend, head to the Grow Community page of cottonmillandsopwellhub.org. That's cottonmillandsopwellhub.org. Or if you missed that link, then just take a look at the information page that goes with the podcast of this show. You might also like to know that Grow Community Sopwell will have a family trail that you can enjoy throughout this year's Sustainability Festival. And they say you can use their map and take your family on a trail around Sopwell's green spaces, wildlife-friendly havens and community gardens, collecting clues along the way. Now, the full brochure for this year's St Albans Sustainability Festival is now ready and you can find it on their website, sustfest.org. You'll remember that Sustfest is two weeks of over 100 sustainability-themed events happening around the district from the 23rd of May. Now, there's loads of different events, walks, talks, films, virtual meetings, and one that caught my eye was an online event entitled Activism and Optimism. 17 to 24-year-olds are invited. The theme is the climate and biodiversity crisis, and there's an online panel of politicians, including St Albans MP Daisy Cooper and Harpenden MP Bim Afalami. I caught up with one of the organisers, Nina Vinther, and I started by asking her why they decided to run an event just for young people. The event has been organised by a group of young people, and I think we collectively felt that there weren't that many opportunities for young people to find each other in a safe space, wherever they're at. So not necessarily part of Extinction Rebellion, not necessarily having ever been part of an environmental group in the past, but aware that this is one of the most pressing 
21st century issues and ones that is probably going to some degree determine their vote, whether now or for the for the youngest people who come along um, in four years time. Um, and if we look at so the Paris Agreement or at targets to decarbonize by 2030 or by 2050, by that point, young people will no longer be young. And yet the decisions that are made now are going to be affecting them in their lives. So I think we thought that climate change is one of the greatest issues that our generation faces um, and that we wanted to create an event where young people can have a conversation about these issues with their local politicians and be listened to, but also listen. Because I think there's a sense that young people are quite disillusioned with politics as well. They're, they're both very more engaged, I think, with politics, but also more disillusioned by it. And I know, speaking from experience, when I was in school, I had no idea about politics. I didn't think it was relevant to me. And yet very quickly, when you move into the climate space, you're you're told as a young person, oh, the, the, the politicians will sort it out, like Boris will, will sort it out. And so you, you quite quickly feel disempowered. So I think part of the event is going to be showing people or trying to explain how the different levels of politics work. So how local councils, regional councils interact with, with the head honchos and then also how how they might be able to get involved even if they aren't able at this point to tick a ballot paper and how they can put pressure on MPs by writing letters or by seeking conversations and whether there might be any opportunity or interest for setting up some kind of youth advisory panel or just more of a channel for young people into decision makings because it seems silly if they don't have a place in the room when decisions are being made that really will you know, affect affect our lives. Okay, so you've got quite a high aspirations for the evening there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it sounds like it's actually going to be a bit of a two way thing. Yes, there'll be obviously a lot that the young people will hopefully be able to get out of this. You know, I- ideas for getting involved in politics, etc., being heard. But also, as far as the politicians are going to be there, um, are, are you hoping that they'll get something unique out of this as well? Yeah, I think so. I think it wants to be a really honest conversation and a sober one but also a hopeful one you know activism and optimism we want activism to be seen as something positive and I think asking also politicians to be a bit more ambitious in their amplification of younger voices and I think maybe as future voters helping them to think longer term in what are the main things that young people are prioritising I think they do look very different to to the things that we were worried about a bit ago and that young people are going to be disproportionately affected um, by some of the issues we'll be talking about, like like energy and like food. And there's, there's a chance for young people to ask their own questions. So the age group that you're inviting along there, age between 14 and 27. I'm just yes. thinking, if I was 14 and coming along, are, are you going to make sure that I'm going to be able to be involved? It is tricky to to find a kind of common level at talking to people. But I don't think we should underestimate the, the power of 14-year-olds. You know, they're, how old was Greta Thunberg when she started sitting alone outside the parliament? Like, yeah, I think they are almost, almost the younger you are the more knowledgeable you seem to be and the more urgent and the the less happy you are with these kind of half-hearted conversations that are happening. And so I don't think 27-year-olds 
are necessarily going to be on a completely different page to the younger people or be particularly more knowledgeable about politics. And I think part of the reason we wanted to get younger people's voices heard more and empower them to be able to take local political action towards this greener future is that in a lot of charities who are kind of holding ground, it it tends to be older people who have been working in the space for a for a longer time and have, that have become really frustrated and not knowing you know what the ticket is to making this a priority and i think if we can work together young people and those existing groups who have so much experience together and kind of channel that that energy and that optimism that young people do have i think capacity for then we can really make progress together I remember having sort of very strong ideas about about right and wrong and injustices, um, and I think we we don't often think very much about the injustices of climate change, do we? Do you think this is some way that young people might become more involved in the debate about climate change, and this is something that might come up on the evening? Absolutely, I think young people really do get that environment isn't just about as. Um, you know, tree tree hugging or about green issues. I think a lot of people are beginning to understand that it's really intersectional, um, by which I mean that climate justice is a kind of social justice. So with the Black Lives Matter protests, with with kind of looking at the legacy of colonialism and the people that are really suffering from from the way we look at history, I guess, there does really feel to be amongst young people a kind of spirit of change. And I think when we look at uh, racial justice or about intergenerational justice, I think climate really does now for young people bring up all sorts of associations that maybe it didn't. And those are the ones that I think when now we're talking about justice in the 21st century, it is so interlinked. And I think young people are quite good and quite ambitious at joining the dots and saying, you know, my lifestyle has an effect in different parts of the world, or that systemic change is also kind of individual, and that actually I really care about, um, I, I want to participate and put my kind of body in these protests on the street. And, and maybe young people in a way have have less to lose, because they're not so established in jobs and don't have all the responsibilities that our parents have and all the concerns that our parents have so also it's hopefully for for parents to to support their children in in being a little bit more radical you know looking at the root of of the problem and being more diverse and and more embracing of of difference is i think something that young people really do bring to this discussion to to amp it up so the event, what can you just tell us when and where it's online, isn't it? When and where. Um, so it's going to be in a webinar, Zoom webinar format with our politicians and chaired by uh, one of our young people by Neve, 7 to 8.30 on the 2nd of June. And Jess Simmons, who's also in our organising group, she is currently doing her A-levels and she has advised that this will be an OK time and that at least in her mind, this is an important thing that she's willing to give an hour and a half to. I just really hope it can be a session that's really hopeful and imaginative and kind of gentle but insistent I think is what we're going for. 
So if you're lucky enough to be in that 14 to 27-year-old age bracket, then you can book your place at Activism and Optimism via the link that you'll find in the SUSFest brochure at susfest.org and also in the notes that accompany the podcast of this show. And I just hope that those politicians are ready for all the passion and persuasion that I think they're going to be confronted with on that evening. Sounds like a great event. And do listen out on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam for more interviews about inspiring sustainability-themed events from now and during this year's Sustainability Festival. And I'll be sharing news of events on Twitter at RV underscore Environment or on the Environment Matters Facebook page. Perhaps you're holding an event or there's something else that you think I should be covering on Environment Matters. You can always drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com. And in other news, Extinction Rebellion protesters have been taking part in their Rebellion of One campaign. Sue Hampton chose to sit in Leighton Road in Harpenden and she explained, I'm doing this because desperate times call for desperate measures. It's now clear that the government has no intention of building back better, quite the reverse, she said. The government are pumping twice as much money into road building as into action on the climate. They are ignoring what the science is telling us, that we must take dramatic action now to avoid Total climate breakdown. And Sue Hampton wore a placard which read, I'm terrified that government greenwash won't protect the world's children from climate change. She was arrested by Hertfordshire Police, taken to Hatfield Police Station, and she was charged and later arrested. Extinction Rebellion say that over 200 individual activists took part throughout the country, drawing attention to the government's refusal to support the Climate and Ecological Emergency Bill, drafted by climate experts, which would set a template for real, impactful and immediate action. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.